Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the fun ball with yourself, Vernon Kay, and the one and only Darren Fletcher. Darren, it's good to be back. You are back, my friend. I didn't recognise you. I could barely see you. You're half the man you used to be. I am literally half the man I used to be. I lost two and a half stone, Darren, in there. <laughs> you know what, right? How bad? You know, I mean, we're going to get into all the nitty gritty, but bear in mind you talking about the weight loss. You look fantastic, by the way. It's took about 15 years off you. <laughs> and you look good before. If you've got to eat the rice and beans every day. You see, I've always said to Lauren, my wife, I could do that. I quite like rice. Oh, my beans. I think I'd be all right. After three days, you're like, what, you, you start thinking, what we're having for dinner? Oh, rice and beans. What we're having for breakfast? Oh, rice and beans. You get really bored of it. You really do get bored of it because there's no salt and pepper. There's no wow. garlic. There's no chili. There's nothing that can add flavour to anything that you eat. And that's probably a bigger problem than not having any food. The fact that you're just eating bland cardboard. And I'll tell you what, Darren, Mr. Hines, he must have stumbled, well, we know he stumbled across a gold mine when he took a load of boring beans and added tomato ketchup to them. Like, it's as simple as that, because beans are just boring. Well, beans means Hines. That's what it they does. Beans I mean, what, 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 what an invention, what a revelation. I mean, just to add a little bit of tomato sauce to a bean that takes five hours to soak up all the water that you put it in to make it relatively soft. Uh, it, we were talking about it in camp. We're thinking, man, what a way to make money. Because beans can't be that expensive. <laughs> but look, you are absolutely brilliant. I'm really proud of you. We all are. Um, and I know you went in there to make the girls proud. And you did that. You made everybody proud. You were brilliant. You were my winner. I thought you should have won it. They looked at a great cast. We're going to talk about it today. We, we might eventually get to the NFL. <laughs> we have to call this one the jungle rather than the fumble, didn't we, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's going to be about. Fumble in the jungle. Fumble in the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Arley and Foreman, Fletch and Vern. I don't know how that works. Um, so, so, look, how was it? I mean, overall, as an experience, what... Was it, was, it, was it brilliant? Was it average? Was it a nightmare? How was it? I, I think looking back and people, I've just been in the supermarket and the lady behind the till was asking me what it, what it was like. And I said, honestly, I enjoyed and loved every single minute of it. I think because there was no one in there that was a bit obnoxious, no one was uh, overtly loud, no one forced their opinions upon anyone. And it made, it made it really comfortable to live in camp with strangers for three weeks. You know, that's, that was the, 
the big point that made a massive difference. No one was an idiot. And I remember talking to Brian Dolan, who won Big Brother twice. He's a good family friend. And he said, just take the first 48 hours to sit back and just observe the camp. And I thought, yeah, that's a really good point. He says, because then you'll realise who's in it to win it, who's the one who wants to be at the forefront of everything, doing things, who's the selfish one, who's the person who, who wants to be overheard more than anyone, who's the, the argumentative one. And there were none of those characters, which really took me aback. It, it surprised me because I thought, oh, my God, I can't find, to coin a phrase, the Richard Head. <laughs> and he said, if you can't find the Richard Head, then it's you. So on day three, I sat down when we were having lunch, I think it was, and I said, look, I must apologise to you all. And they're like, why? I said, because I can't find the Richard Head. So it must be me. And if I am, then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who, were you, who were you closest to? While oh, you were there? Because we only get the little bits at the end each day, so we don't get to see the full picture. Who were you closest to and who, who do you think you'll you'll maintain the relationships with now you're, now you're out? Oh, I definitely maintain relationships with everyone because right. everyone brought something special to the camp. I was gutted, Darren, absolutely gutted that Holly went first because I don't think she had a chance to really shine. And with everything that she's been through with her disability, having no uh, lower right arm, the stories that she was telling us, and I think a couple of them went out of what she's overcome to be an Olympic champion. Uh, were phenomenal and I was gutted that she left first because I thought it took her time to settle in because you know she wasn't an overtly loud character like let's say Shane and she 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 wasn't the kind of uh, a Jordan character and you know I was kind of just I was just having fun you know and and everyone else in there found a kind of a place to say something and I think it took Holly a little while to settle in and get comfortable with her surroundings but overall, I'll keep in touch with everyone. Shane, uh, I've known for a while. So him and I were just kind of nice to see you. Are you getting on type conversations? And then when Jordan, we threw Jordan into the mix, him and I knew straight away, as soon as he puked on the top of the cliff, we weren't doing a challenge for a while. A, a trial, not yeah. a chance. He was doing them, wasn't he? But you know, you know, with him, he was the one that I couldn't work out because... When, when you're sick like that, I mean, you can't force that. So I knew that was genuine. <laughs> but he was the one that I was looking at thinking, has he realised halfway through that I'm doing the trials so people are clearly liking what I'm doing because I'm getting picked out to do them, so I'm making people laugh. He was the one that I looked at and thought, if there is anybody over-egging it a little bit, then it's him. Did, did, you, did you sense that or was that genuinely him? Is he... Is he that kind of scatty and fun and just kind of bewildered by everything that comes his way? Is, is that genuinely him or was there a little bit of, of, of kind of... Yeah, play? no, honest, Darren, that is genuinely him. Uh, because of the fact that he's scared of everything and he has this fear of everything... Like I said to him, I don't know you wake up in the morning. Surely no. you must be scared of your bed sheets. How or... does it go to turf more with all those people? I mean, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anything. Exactly. Exactly. How do you, you know, like his beer fear, you know, when you have a few drinks and the following morning, the beer fear kicks in and you start getting paranoid. Yeah. His must be off the charts. Yeah. It really must that. be. But he's, he's, he's really funny. He's a, he's a genuine, honest lad. And if you look at his backstory, it all makes sense, right? Because... 
his dad and his brothers were both in the paratroopers and his dad was quite high up and he was he's never been stationary for anywhere for more than two years right. so he's not really had the chance to build friendships and confidence in anyone because he's always moved on and when you put that into the equation as to who he is you realize then that's why he's quite scared of everything yeah. because he's not had a chance to develop in any one particular space and as soon as i realized like if you watch the footage back of him puking on that cliff i'm laughing at him because i'm like this kid can't be for real there's not a chance that he's puking because i mean it was a, it was a big drop but it wasn't everest you no. know what i mean and there were so many safety people and uh uh mountaineers around that we weren't gonna we weren't gonna be in trouble but uh as soon as he puked, I thought, I am definitely not doing a trial for a long, long time. So, you, you know, when you came back and you thought, I'll, I'll go and get changed, does, does everything fit you? Or, or is it all hanging off you now? Have you had to buy a new club? I mean, two and a half stones a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm three notches down on my belt buckle. Oh, yeah. Have you got like a, a thin wardrobe and a thicker one? <laughs> Tessie's here. We're doing the, the fumble. <laughs> Whether he's got a thinner wardrobe and a thicker wardrobe, now he's lost all his weight. I know, he's wasting away, look. He's lost two and a half stone. All right, a bit. That's funny, that. Yeah. To be honest with you, Darren, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to need a, a pre and post I'm a celebrity wardrobe because I'm three, belt, I'm three notches down on the belt buckle. Nothing fits me anymore. And I was grafting uh, prior to, you know, getting into the, the, the castle, even before I knew I was doing it, to put on some timber. I mean, you've known me for a long time. I'm always trying to put on some timber. And what's devastating is it takes you ages to build muscle. It takes a lifetime, but it takes three weeks of rice and beans to get rid of it all. <laughs> well, I'm building to the killer question because the, 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 the question that I want to ask you, I'm just, I'm just saving for a while because I've got so many things that I want to ask you about. Right. You mentioned him being sick on top of the cliff. You then went down that like a marine, Vernon Kelly. <laughs> everybody was looking at you thinking, dear Lord, where's this come from? Lauren said to me, look at him going down there. I said, well, I said, I, you know, I knew he'd do well in there. You went flying down there. You were like a proper military man going down there. You should have done it for everybody. You got your bag in about four seconds. Well, I've done it a couple of times at Abseiling. And, and it's funny how in the research conversations that you have with them, they say, what are you scared of? And I thought, do you know what? I, I'm not really scared of anything, because you know me, I like giving anything a go. Yeah. So I said, oh, I'm, I'm scared of confined spaces underwater, which is quite extreme and a bit weird. It's like, well, how do you find that out? You know, swimming in confined spaces. But what I really wanted them to do was put me in one of those challenges where you're in a tank of water. Yeah. Like, I was desperate to do one of them. That's why I said it. But as soon as they saw my reaction to the creepy crawlies on the first day, that was it, it was game over. Every, I knew then everything that i do would involve creepy crawlies. I tell you what, when you're talking about water in a confined space, that T4 on the beach has got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey. It really has. Yeah. It really has. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was bonkers. Some of those challenges, like... It, it's funny how your body reacts. All your senses come alive. When Giovanna was throwing offal and fish guts into that helmet that I was wearing, that mask thing, the iron mask, it stank, Darren. 
I think smells would do me. That's the thing for me, smells. I can't do smells. Yeah, and the problem was, the girls had done one, it was called Barbaric, where fish guts and offal was falling upon them. And there was so much oil in the fish guts that they had to take all their camp uniform off, hand it over, and there was nothing they could do. They just burned it. Wow. Hey, so on that, then, you, know when you, you know when you do a trial, and we kind of see you leave, and you're all caked in whatever the remnants is of cockroach poo or whatever it is that's all yeah. over you when you leave. What happens then in terms of... Because when we see you again, you, your clobber's nice and clean. Have you got more than one uniform to wear or do you have to go and what do you have to wash it yourself what do you do these are the backstage things that we don't yeah well, it, yeah i'm glad you asked me that because no no one's and that this is uh typical darren fletcher no one's asked me that question yet right and it's the one that i've been wanting to answer so what happens and there are no real sure secrets about i'm a celebrity you you get chosen the boys say okay uh vernon you're going to do the trial tonight and you're like, yeah, okay, no problem. And then they say to you, like the voice of God in camp says, Vernon, you've got 15 minutes to get ready. You oh, so it's that near. So we see the TV thing, you get told. And then when, when we go to bed, in 15 minutes, you're doing that trial. So you've got no time to really think about it. No time to think about oh. it. They say you need your T-shirt, your camp trousers. And if you've got them, put on your uh, long johns. Because you, you're going to get cold. So whenever they said long johns, yeah. You're like, all right, we're going to get cold. But I kept my long johns on so that nothing would crawl up my pant leg. <laughs> I kept them on all the time. Even when they said, take your long johns off, I'm like, not a chance. So no you learned way. that in Bolton, didn't you, as a younger man? You learned exactly. that in as a younger man, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But what happens is you get called to do the trial. You've got 15 minutes to get ready. You leave the castle. There's a producer waiting for you at the bottom of the steps. They say, right, come with me. And then you went to the trial area. There was this massive, big sound stage. It was like a movie set, Darren, that was built specifically for the trials. And we went into there and they say, right, uh, you got your T-shirt, you got your water. I'm like, yep, okay, just give us 15 minutes, Anton Deck, just rehearsing the introduction. And then you're in. You walk straight in. Uh, you've got your blinkers on pretty much because you're quite nervous. You look around, you see whatever equipment is there or, or, or whatever props they're going to use. And the, the scariest is when there's nothing there because that means they're bringing something in. And you're like, oh, man. So, for example, on the last trial where I was tied to that table, I saw the table and I knew straight away I'm going to be tied down and they're going to pour stuff on me. But I thought, because the, the lip of the table was quite high, I thought that I'd literally be semi-submerged in fish guts, offal, puke, you yeah. know, rotten veg. And I thought, oh, that's what it'll be. I didn't think it would be critters. I really didn't think it would be critters. So you get there and then a lady comes on, uh, the game's producer, and she said, okay, Vernon, you're going to be doing torture ta table. This is what's going to happen. You've got 10 minutes and during that 10 minutes, uh, creepy crawlies of a, a ver variety of creepy crawlies will be poured upon you on various body parts. You've got to survive for 10 minutes. If you say, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. The trial will finish. You don't have to do the trial. Do you agree to do the trial? You say yes. And then Anton Deck come on. You have a quick chat and then you're into it. You do it straight away. There's no rehearsal. There's no kind of second chance. You just literally put on the table and you've got to do it. And it's, it, it's that quick. But when it finishes and you're covered in all the garbage, yeah. For the first few trials, we were just given uh, our jackets, our big coats, and then we were sent back up to the castle. 
and then we had to shower back in the in the castle in the main shower area where you pump but because the girls did the barbaric one and they stank and they were freezing they were they were literally shaking they said we've got 10 stars we've got to get in the shower after that they realized that it's so unfair leaving us out in the cold stinking for about 40 minutes till it finishes to get into the castle that they provided showers for us in that trial area. Um, so we were getting showered in there. Right. Um, and then we were getting changed into new camp gear and then going into the castle. Right. And, and another thing that's always done me with that, I sit and watch it and I'm, 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 saying, to, I'm saying to the kids, I'd be all right here. So I, you always, whenever you see a trial, you assess whether you could do it. Yeah, exactly. There's lots that you, you know you can't. I'd be sad, nowhere I could go in there, you know, not a chance. But the ones that I've always thought I'd be okay with involve the snakes. Because it's not like they're putting cobras in there and stuff. They're not going to bite you. I mean, you're not going to die with the snakes. So they're just crawling about. But those insects, they do bite, don't they? I mean, you, the one that you're talking about where you're strapped to the table, you were really having to dig in there because you were being gnawed to death. Yeah, I was. And, and is it painful or is it an irritant? Is it itchy? What is it? It's like... The best way to describe it is it's like waking up on your holidays and the mozzies have had a great night. Oh. That's what it's like. Oh. And, and they say that the, the animal specialists, they kept claiming that the cockroaches don't bite, that they scratch. So what they do is they attach themselves and they kind of scratch like... And you can hear them clicking in your ears. You can hear them clicking. Hear them on the telly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can hear them clicking. But I... I when I was covered, when my right arm was covered in them, they were biting straight away or, or scratching or whatever. And I'm like, they're biting me. And they're like, no, they're not. I'm like, yeah, they are. And then when they put the scorpions on... You were quite argumentative there as well, weren't you? Oh, it did my quite argumentative there. I thought, oh, he's got his guard down. Look at him. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren, never know what it's like when they close the door. And I think we got an insight there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is biting. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it is biting. And she was like, no, it's not. I'm like, it is. It, bit, it clung onto my earlobe. And then another yeah. one... Another one went down my T-shirt and bit my back. I'm like, it's biting. No, none of these bite. I'm like, they do. They do genuinely bite you, you know. Like poor Russell and uh, Ruthie, when they did their welcome trial, where they, was, they were wearing those like clown trousers filled with cockroach, it didn't show it on TV, but their legs after that were red raw. Were they? Red raw. Like someone had poured scalding, boiling hot water on their ankle. Yeah, the cockroach had, had, had scratched like all the top layer of skin away. It was really, really bad. And after that, I felt sorry for Russell and Ruthie because it took them two or three days to overcome the pain. Never mind the rash, the pain. Yeah. Um, now, you, you'll be pleased to know this is what friends do, that when you were in there, I, I spent a large portion of my time defending you, defending your <laughs> honour. Because that, that's what you do as friends. Because... Having been to numerous Super Bowls with you, I know that you don't dribble on the seat. I know, <laughs> I know this. So I know that it, I, I was able to say to the television, Vernon, it's not you. Because yeah. I knew it wasn't you. I knew it wasn't you. It, well, I was not the phantom dribbler. No, I, I know that. Goodness, I wasn't. No, I'm going to throw this in the mix. Right, and everyone who's been accused of being a phantom dribbler has been male. Ah, 
That's all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Because the the actual hole in the privy wasn't that big. Ah. And if you can't control where it's going, there's no place it's going to go apart from over the edge at the front. Right. Yeah. Boys face towards the back wall. Yes. Girls face towards the door. Ah. And that's where all the water was. I'm just throwing it out there. Yes. I'm just throwing it out there. As Columbo would say, just one more question. You just see, one there more you question. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Now, the most important thing that I've always wondered, right, can't believe it's taken me this long to ask. What does the testicle actually taste oh! like? <laughs> oh, Darren, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. And I'll tell you why. I ate the half a sheep's brain first. Yeah. And that tasted like a real heavy chicken pate. Oh. Right. So it was cloggy. Right. It was difficult because once you, once you psychologically start thinking about horrible food, bizarrely, your mouth stops salivating. It dries up. Does it? So I was chewing and chewing and chewing. And I'm thinking, I can't swallow this sheep's brain because it's so dry. Whoa. So I struggled to swallow it. And then when it went down, I drank my water. I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. And then I think it was either Beverly or Jordan who was next. I'm thinking, I'll just keep drinking water because my mouth's dried up. And then when the deer's knackers arrived, right, and they looked like uh, a reasonably sized plum, shall we say. I put it in my mouth. And when I bit into it, goodness knows what came out. But it was, dis well, I think we know what came out. Yeah. But it was disgusting. And that's what made me puke. So therefore, I brought up the half a lamb's brain that I'd eaten. And then I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to be a failure in any of the trials or challenges. So I said to the boys, can I go again? And luckily, there were five other ones on the plate. So I went again, bit into that one, which wasn't as juicy. So it must have been the left one. Because right? <laughs> there's always one juicier than the other. We know that, <laughs> right? So I bit into that and then I started chewing and it was just like the gristle you accidentally bite upon in a sausage. That's what it was like. It was tough, it was chewy. It didn't really taste of anything, but it was the texture that like, made me want to retch. It was and you know what it is as well, which makes it... Yeah, I mean, who, in, who... There's no one on planet Earth that would choose to eat a pair of deer's balls for, yeah. for, for fun. You just don't do it. It was disgusting. And then after that, the, the cow's teat, the nipple, that tasted yeah. like uh, an old school eraser. Remember when you actually accidentally bite into a school rubber? Yeah. And chew it. It, it was exactly like that. It was exactly the same. The texture, it was tough, it was gristly, didn't really taste of much. The person I felt sorry for the most on there was Beverly. Because we thought that Beverly would get away with an easy ride because she's vegetarian. But yeah. everything that they gave her had been sat on a warm radiator for about six weeks. So the tofu, when they lifted the lid off the tofu, honest Darren, it was like, it, it's difficult to, well, it was like puke mixed with baby poo mixed with sour milk. That's what it smelled like. It was disgusting. You just think yourself, lucky you got the bollocks to chew on after that. Exactly. And then Jordan's worst one, I think, was the, uh, he had some fish that had been fermented, that had been yeah. sat around for a while. But the boiled animal parts, they must boil them so that there's no germs in there. Yes, of course. 
Yeah. So it takes the, takes the taste away. You're just chewing rubber, really. Right. And you know, it, when, you know when you've done that? See, I always sit there and think, you know, that must turn your stomach. I mean, how can you eat that stuff and then not be on the loo for the next 48 hours? I mean, that, your body must just be trying to reject the stuff that you've put in. I mean, you... Yeah, I th well, I think it's obviously, been, it's obviously been boiled, so there are no germs in there. Like, because they, they, they wouldn't let you eat anything that's, like, rank or... Mind you, saying that, after Shane did the drinking challenge... Yeah. He wasn't off the toilet for four weeks, four days. You see, I, I look at that. I'm, I'm just kind of coming as the average man here. Vegetables on me Sunday lunch can get me started. So, yeah. Lord knows, Lord yeah. knows what all that stuff's going to do. Well, poor Shane, he had the worst upset stomach for four days. Like, he, he had to, even if he thought he was going to flatulate, trump or let rip, he had to go to the toilet because he didn't know whether it'd be wind or water. Wow. He was really poorly, and I'm he was. Surprised there's not more of that. Yeah, he was knacking. He was necking the modium for fun. Was like it? He just couldn't stop pooping. He just and, couldn't stop. And how were you with kind of life in general? Because three weeks in in everyday life can go like that. Three weeks in a situation like that, where you're struggling for things to do. You're probably hoping to get a trial so that you can actually do something. Because if you're not, yeah, getting, you're right. There's not yeah. a great deal to do. And I, I noticed this year that obviously when they're in the jungle, you've actually got more places to go, and there are things to do. But you were kind of in that one space for three weeks all together, getting on. I, I, I get, but it must have been, it must have been difficult not to go up the wall for that yeah. length of time. Yeah, I think there are a couple of people. Well, we saw it. Ruthie struggled because she had a lot of time to think about things, you know, and, and uh, I think because she's been on the road for so many years, she's not really had time to stop and think about her life, you know. So there was a moment where she had a real emotional bump in the castle, and that's when I threw my uh, cashmere blanket over her because she just needed a cuddle. She just needed, yeah. you know, someone to lean on. Um, and then there were a, a couple of other people who, who were kind of, I think we all hit a bump about a week to 12 days in. We all had a little bit of an emotional bump because you just start thinking about your family. Yeah. You know, you start thinking about, my, I, I, just, I just kept laughing to myself and they were saying, what are you laughing at? I'm like, oh, nothing really. And I was just thinking about me and you, and I mean this, genuinely, getting pissed at the Super Bowl in Minnesota. It made me laugh so much because when you think about it, it was such a surreal couple of days, you know, like just to be sat there at the Super Bowl watching possibly one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. It's got to be up there. It really was that Eagles Patriots game. And we can barely remember any of it because we were absolutely rat legged. And it's those little stories that, re that just keep you going. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and obviously I was thinking about Tess and the kids a lot. And you talk about stuff like, one, one thing that hit me, and it hit me hard, and I think this is a lesson for everyone, is how much time we waste doing nothing, like, like things like social media, but we think they're important. Mm. We think that scrolling and making sure your content's right, and this, that, and the other, we we get lost in that digital world where actually, I mean, the one, the thing that matters the most, are our loved ones, our friends and family, you yeah. know, and you, you know that I've learned a lot from you, you know, 
with you when you're when we're away you're always on the phone to lauren and the kids and you're always chatting away and that's what's important mm. it's not satisfying people that you don't know do you know what i mean yeah will you make any changes now you've been in i don't want to get all deep and meaningful but you want to be mate so i've got a vested interest in this but yeah will, will you now look at it and think well the experience i had from those three weeks has taught me this and i'm going to do this now and, and it has it has it kind of re just rearranged targets and goals and what life's going to look like for you moving forward because i know that you wanted this to be a really positive experience and it has been in so many ways. And knowing the kind of fellow that you are, you will now want to carry that on and make sure that you, you can take things that you've learned. Yeah, I think, the, like I said, the one thing is, is more time with Tess and the kids because Tess is always, let's go away, let's go away. And I'm like, well, because you know, I, I, like, I like spending time in the garage tootling with whatever, a car or a bike or whatever, uh, and down the garden. And now I think, wow, that's just a waste of time. Let's spend quality time together. And we do, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, we, we all go our separate ways, all four of us in the house. But because, you know, Phoebe's 16, she's about to go to sixth form and then it'll be uni or whatever she chooses to do. Like time is precious. You know, time is really precious and how you spend it with your loved ones. So that's the one thing that I'm going to take from it is I was in camp <clears throat> for three weeks with strangers. I mean, even though I knew who they were and what they did for a living, they were strangers because we never had a conversation with most of them before. And it was a fantastic experience getting to know them without the distraction of social media, without television. There was no music in the camp, only when Giovanna played Reach for the Stars. Um, and I loved it. I loved every single minute. So then I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If I can have no digital time and be entertained and entertain 11 strangers, then surely it's going to be 10 times, 100 times better at home without digital distraction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's the one thing, that's the big thing that I'll take away from it is instead of getting up and, you know, just pottering, my time's gonna be put to use now, I think. I hope, I yeah. hope. What was the first thing that you ate when you came out? <clears throat> that you oh my get, God. Not, not what they gave you, but when you could choose. Yeah, well, we came out and they said, we're going to order food so that it's waiting for you in the hotel. What would you like? Uh, and I went through the menu. I had, can I have a spaghetti bolognese? And she said, what, what would you like for dessert? I went, oh, I'll have a margarita pizza, please. <laughs> so we had spag ball. I went full Italian and a pizza. And then when I got home, I went to see, uh, I went to see my parents. And I stood on the front door because Bolton's like... COVID's quite rife. So I stood around the back and I said, Mum, is there any chance you could make me one of those ham salad sandwiches with loads Ooh. of salad cream? Like, yeah, no problem, love. <laughs> so I sat on the patio. Uh, Mum put the kettle on. I had a ham salad sandwich. And that was like, that was just, that was it then. I was locked in. I wasn't in the castle anymore after that. Yeah. And you've been knackered, haven't you, since you've been back? I mean, we, we'll let everybody into a secret. We were supposed to record this. This is Friday morning. <laughs> Crossy and me, we sat there at four o'clock yesterday afternoon waiting for you till 20 past four and you dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was sat on this sofa, right? I was, I was lay here and I'm, I'm just like, oh, I just have five minutes and completely fell asleep. Yeah. I completely like KO'd. I was gone. The laptop was up, so it probably would have rung yeah. and I just didn't hear it. I just didn't hear it. 
he saw the message at quarter to three. So we're thinking, what's going on? And then, no you. And then later on, sorry, lads, I've dropped off. But Yeah, I just crashed you know, You've been knackered, haven't you, since you've been back? Yeah, completely, totally exhausted. Yeah. And anyone who, who plays Sunday League football or anyone who plays American football in Baffa, it's that Monday morning feeling that I've got every day. Every day, I'm just exhausted. And last night, Thursday, sorry, Wednesday, was the first night I've had a proper night's kit. I had a sleeping pill and it knocked me out and I was done for 13 and a half hours. Gone. You feel better today? Yeah, I feel miles better today. Yeah. Today is the, the first day where I felt normal. Yeah. Now, also, on, the, on the, the, the big trial at the end that everybody does, I can't remember what it's called. But the, one the cyclone? Every, yeah, there you go. So on that one, your American football training and playing for the London Warriors came in handy. Didn't it? Because you went shooting up there. Like, go on, big lad. Go on, off you go. Because everybody was like dragging themselves. Oh, and then off you went. Boom, pull it out of the gun. Well, I, I figured, like, without, the thing that I really enjoyed, one of the things I really enjoyed was <clears throat> having a little bit of time before the trials and challenges to figure out what needed to be done in order to complete it. So I, I said to everyone, I said, when, when you go up this, do it with your feet splayed so right. you get more grip. Right. Well, like well, a duck. Yeah, like a penguin, like a duck. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then I watched all three of them go up and they were all walking. And I'm like, why are you walking? Because you're then a standing target for the guys on the horse pipes. And those horse pipes came from a fire engine. So we know the, the, the poundage, the pressure that's behind those horse pipes. It takes two blocks to control it. Yeah. And then those big fans, there were two blocks on either side. So I thought, and I'm, I'm observing what's going on all the time, right? And I'm thinking, they're struggling to move those fans, and he's struggling to control that horse pipe. So if I leg it, they're not going to catch me. They're not going to be able to get me. So as soon as I got up, I thought, right, I'm running. And that was it. Yeah. I said, <laughs> Roger, Roger Craig kicked in the, the high knees. I said, he's imagining that that water cannon is Lawrence Taylor. And yeah. He's like, <laughs> Barry Sanders look coming through here. But yeah, and then when, the when the first water drop came, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to take sweep me off my feet. But then Roger Craig from the 80s kicked in and the high knees started pumping and I ran over it. I ran over it. I couldn't believe it. Did Everyone else was in the water was, at the end. And I was... Then you all went again. Yeah. All of you, and I thought, oh, they're never going to do it. And you got it with like three seconds left. Yeah, it was mad. You managed to all get there. It was nuts. But that was great fun. That was, the, that was the one where there wasn't really any pressure. Just enjoy yourself. No creepy crawlies, no smelly guts or fish guts or awful. Just a lot of fun. Like a kid's playground. Did it bother you when you got down to the last three, you didn't win it? No. No, because in my head... I'd won because I'd got where I wanted to go. Like, I'd have been happy if I'd have been fourth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I, it got to a point, like I said in my chat with the boys at the end, getting to the final meant I didn't miss a day in camp. Like, I'd done it. I'd done the whole run. And that's what I was really proud of. Um, and, you know, being third, second or first, I think because you get into the final, they're all the same. In, in, in my opinion, anyway, you know, getting to the last three is like winning it. It really is. And I've got to say, just quickly, I really appreciate everyone voting for me. Like, it, there's always that at the back of your head 
when you when I guess people do these kind of shows is, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? Are they going to vote for me? Because people are spending money to vote. I know the app was free, but you know, well, you cost me a fortune. Oh, there you go, there you go. You know, and it means. I know it sounds a bit soppy, but it means so much that people take the time and vote for you to keep you in. That's massive, massive for me, that. Did that, because did, some people go in there and they need that, don't they? I, I yeah. know people that have done reality TV shows in the past and they needed to know that people like them in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a way. And some people are built like that. Some people would find it really hard if they went out early. Yeah, have a real negative effect on on what their perception of how other people think about them. Yeah, did did, did that do anything for you? The fact that you'd got that far, or did you kind of not need that anyway? Um, that's a really good question. I think, I think that, like I said, it means so much that people have been thinking about you and that you've entered their living rooms and they like what they've seen. Because I was just myself. I was just having a laugh, yeah. I was having fun. I was trying to be compassionate with those people that needed it because I think it can be a really isolated place in there if there's no one there to help you get over the little bumps in the road, you know? So I kind of found myself just asking people every day, are you okay? What's going on? What are you thinking about? And then I was like, yeah, I'm all right. And then you'd see someone who was just a bit down or a bit teary. And then you make a point of just saying, come on, let's go and have a chat or let's, or let's play a game or let's do something stupid. Let's go chop some wood just to take their mind off whatever they're thinking about. But as far as the voting thing goes, it, it, it really does mean a lot and it gets you, like I'm getting emotional now, <laughs> it gets you that people have taken time to say, yeah, he's all right, him. that's funny, let's yeah. keep him in. And what I like about I'm a Celebrity, it, the way that they phrase it, like they don't say evicted or vote off that you vote for who you want to keep in camp yes so they turn the negative into kind of a positive do you know what i mean so you're voting for the positive who do you want to keep in not who do you want to leave and i think that's that's a that's a really important point that celebrity i'm a celebrity where it's different to most reality shows hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It was a fascinating insight for me as a viewer. <clears throat> because I know you. So, yeah. you know, when you watch these things sometimes, you think, are they really like that? But obviously, I, I know what you like. So, when you get up in the morning and you go wandering blurry-eyed through the camp off for a, a morning wee, I'd say to them, oh, well, that's what he's like when he gets up in Miami or Minnesota or Atlanta. <laughs> that's, that's him. You know, he walks through blurry-eyed looking like he's going to need shaking to get the day going. That's right. So, I knew, I, I knew that you were being you. And I remember yeah. sat there at home thinking, I hope that everybody else realises that this is him. That yeah. he is compassionate and he is funny. He is bothered about other people. He is going to try and be someone in there that's going to be a, a hugely positive influence. And I was sat there thinking, I hope people realise that that's him. 
and not yeah. someone who's gone in there to try and make a point because that's the fella that I go away with. That's yeah. the man that I have a beer with. So it was a fascinating insight from my side of it to see you in there genuinely being you. And, I, and it, it made it even better, the fact that you'd gone as far as you did by not trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, which, which yeah. a lot of people would have gone into things like that, not this year, but in the past. And then maybe you think, well, it's not really like that, or she's not really like that. She's a bit of a toe rag in, in real life, you know. <clears throat> but I knew that that was you. And I, I think it was, it was brilliant. And I'm sure that, that Tess and the girls and your family and all your friends would have looked at that and thought, he's actually got to where he has by just being Vert, which, which yeah. I think makes it even better. So. Yeah, cheers, mate. I, I mean, I spoke to James Haskell beforehand, and he said, you quickly realise who's lazy, who's in it to win it. You realise that there are snakes in there. You know, so he had warned me. And when, if, you, if you go back to the very first scene, when we walk into the camp for the first time, I'm stood at the back. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, well, let's see who's going to dive on the beds first. Let's see whether the guys are going to offer the good beds to the girls. And I just stood at the back observing. I'm thinking, okay, okay, it's like that, is it? All right, fair enough. And then once 24 hours, 48 hours had passed, everything settled. We got used to our surroundings because I thought, I think... Having a good bed was important. I slept on the floor for three weeks, you know, because I didn't want to sleep in a hammock. I didn't mind sleeping on the floor for three weeks because it meant the girls got a good bed. You know what I mean? I didn't want the girls in the hammocks, but Giovanna chose to be in a hammock because she said it was comfier than a bed. And then, you know, you, 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 you clock quickly who's diving in the food first, you know, and looking at the bigger portions and all that kind of stuff. You think, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't mean anything, but you just observe it, yeah. you know, and you take it on board. And um, thankfully, we were a really positive camp. We were really positive. No one was selfish. No one was arrogant. No one was, like, overtly loud. Shane was the guy who put himself on the line with the daft jokes and making fun of himself. You know, the old pull-my-finger-fart gag. Yeah. Just the classics. Just the classics from the holiday parks. You know, Nobbling East contest, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the guy's been an entertainer since he was 15. Yeah, he and was great. He, he was, was really great. fun, like really yeah. good fun. And he, he kept morale high. He looked after, you know, uh, Victoria and he looked after Beverly, made sure that the, the, uh, the more mature ladies of the camp were, were looked after. And I think that was a really good thing that Shane did. Yeah. See, I, I'm never going to be on it, but I can tell you categorically that my downfall would be I would be diving in the grub and trying to get the yeah. bigger pills. No way. No way. I'd, I'd sleep on the floor and all that. And I'd, you know, and I'd, I'd keep my mouth shut if somebody dribbled around the lab. But when that yeah. food came, I think I'd be, you know what I'm like? I mean, we get to the Super Bowl and you're saying, right, let's get some beers. And I'll say, I've got to eat three hot dogs first. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just built that way. So, hey, there's no way that, that I'd be sitting I'll have what's left. I'll be like, I'm in, I'm in, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and he's not lying, Fumbleite. <laughs> he is not lying. He is like, you get the beers, I'll get the hot dogs. And he comes back with like 10 hot dogs, you know, chilli, cheese, the lot, all layered on there. And then a pizza under his arm and then a bag of boiled nuts under the other arm. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Now, the important thing as well, everybody on the, on the podcast knows that we like a bit of memorabilia. Yes. So what have you got from camp? You must have been like a magpie in there. Well, here we go. I got this. Ah, oh, so there's, there's the famous ear warmer. What, what, is there a name for that? I don't know. I, I called it like just a head, a headband. I don't know. Headband type thing, yeah. It's a bit but it just kept my hair out my eye, so I got yeah. that. 
Yeah. Uh, we weren't supposed to take it, by the way. We were supposed to hand everything in. The only thing we were allowed to keep was the blue uh, hat, the yes. blue one, like the cowboy hat, and our boots. But I'm like, I've worn this all the time, so I'm keeping this. Yeah. I managed to put a uh, green camp mug in my bag. <laughs> Pin mug. I got one of them. I got uh, a set of keys to the castle. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't see me pilfer those, no. which I'm really pleased about. Yeah. I actually did walk away with Cledwin's bell. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I nicked that. Uh, I got one of the scrolls from the challenges. I got a couple of those. Brilliant, look at this. Quite nice. I got my name tag from the banquet that we had with the boys. Right. Uh, I got my little message from the family, which, which I read every single day. Yeah, you've got to keep that forever. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. I mean, yeah. To be honest with you, Darren, there's moments in there where you think, "I hope the girls are all right. I hope Tess is all right." Yeah, you know, and, and you just start to think about what life outside of camp would be for them. But when she said, uh, "Remember, you said you just wanted to make your girls proud." Well, we are all watching every night, and we are all so proud. That just broke me. Yeah, absolutely broke me because yeah. it meant, okay, I'm, 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 we're doing all right. Uh, we played a game in camp, and I was given best chef. <laughs> I kept that, and uh, finally, just, just, just my name tag from my rucksack, that's it. Brilliant, brilliant. So I'm going to put all them in a frame, yes. somehow, and then and whack that up in, in the office. That is tremendous. I can't believe you didn't go off on the way out. Boop, boop, boop. There he is. <laughs> the bag. Could you just step back in the castle, please, sir? <laughs> we don't want to cause a scene out here, do we? We think you might have Cledwin's Bell in your bag. Okay, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, there's the, the kind of good news and bad news while you were in. Right. You'd left me in charge of the London Warriors fantasy team. Yeah. I've got a little bit of a confession to make. That one of the weeks I actually forgot. <laughs> You're joking. No, and it, it, it happened Is to me. Is that when I only scored 67 points? That's the week I forgot, yeah. And, and what actually happened was that was the week where the COVID curse struck and they had to cancel the Pittsburgh and, and, and uh, Baltimore game. And then you'd got James Connor and we didn't know that whether it was going to be replayed. So I panicked. You got two <laughs> kickers. So I dropped Harrison Butker and I picked up Malcolm Brown, hoping he might get a touchdown and he was crap. And I'm sat there and all the, the, the WhatsApp group that we've got that's really lively on a Sunday, they're all coming for me because... You and I were first and second in our section. Best record yeah. gets a bye. So by losing, that put me back on top, which I've saved. <laughs> I'm going to buy this week, but I didn't do it on purpose. And then I was, you'd won one and then you lost that. And then you were back for this one. And I've been panicking all the time you're in there. So every time I watched you on the screen, I was feeling like I was letting you down at the same time. <laughs> I've forgotten about the teams. So I was thinking, oh my word. So... In a way, I was hoping to lose the game, but I think I won one by scoring about 60 points myself. I won that week, and I was thinking, I can't even lose when I'm trying. So it, it was, it, yeah, so I, I apologize for that, but I did genuinely forget. There is a kind of a, a rumor sweep in the group that I'd done it on purpose to get the top no, six. No, I know you wouldn't have. I, I know you wouldn't have. But when, I saw, when I saw, I went through, I didn't see the results, I saw the lineups. And I'm like, I think I had James Conner no points, Baltimore Ravens no points. I'm like, hang on a minute, that's a bit weird. What's gone on there? 
And then I went back into NFL news and realised that a game had been cancelled or yeah. whatever. And I couldn't get anybody good to go in. So but I, it is I, what it is. Yeah. And every time I watched it on a Sunday, I was thinking, I bet he's thinking now. I wonder what's happening. I was! I was! I knew it. I was! I'm like, I hope Fletcher doesn't do me wrong here. I hope he does me right. And then they said to me, one of the first questions was, uh, I think it was like after a week, he said, oh, what, what, what have you realised that you miss? And obviously you say, oh, yeah, you know, the test, the kids, and my fantasy football results. Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. But you're in the playoffs now. You're playing this week. Yeah, I'm playing the Leyland Lions. Uh, yeah. Who had a stormer last night because he chose the Rams defence over New England. Yeah. 21 points, boom. I know, I know. So, so it's a big one for you. I'm not sure whether... I think we would meet in the semis. I think we do. I think we meet in the semis if you get through. If I get through. I but, think, but, looking at your setup, your team now compared to mine, I've got Joe Mixon, George Kittle and Kenny Golladay all out, right? Not probably not going to play again this year. So uh, a team that I thought was going to win the league and win everything. I think, I, I, I think you're a big favourite if we meet in the semis because you're really firing. You're 100 points plus every week when I'm not picking the team. When you're doing yeah. it, it's every week. But my, I'm, I'm like 80s, 85s. I think I need a massive... If I'm going to beat you, I need a massive stroke of luck. So, so let's get into NFL then, Darren. And yeah. it's just a basic question. What have I missed? Well, you missed the Steelers losing to the Redskins, which was astonishing, really. But it just continues this unbelievable comeback of, of Alex Smith. Um, so you missed that. You missed the Baltimore Ravens going from our Super Bowl pick to really struggling to get in. Yeah, what's happened? Why, why are they, why are they six well, and five, is it? I, I think a lot of this is down to losing Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle. I think there's a lot to be said for that. Because I look at Lamar Jackson, and Lamar's got a great arm, and he's a great runner. But I think he's one of those quarterbacks that don't see it very quickly. So I think Lamar needs a bit of time, and he needs a fair deal of separation. He's then got the accuracy and the zip to get it in there. But I think by losing maybe the best left tackle in the game, certainly one of the best left tackles in the game, it's just speeded everything up for Lamar. And it was noticeable this week that they got back to him scrambling a lot more than he has done at any stage this season. And that made a big difference. So whether that, whether that can pay off moving forward, I also think it's highlighted the necessity for them to get themselves a more dominant number one receiver. Because... Hollywood Brown is okay, but he's probably a number two on most teams. They've had a bit of an issue with, with injuries at the tight end position, so Mark Andrews hasn't always been there. So I think it's basically been a, a lack of personnel for them that's really disrupted what they're doing. And I, I don't know at this stage, when you look at the Steelers and you look at the Chiefs, whether they're going to be able to get, get that back in time to reach the Super Bowl. I think they'll sneak into the playoffs, but they don't look to me now to be a team that, that's going to do what we thought they might earlier, right. in, earlier in the season. So that, that's happened. Bears are crap. Got to sack the coach. Got to sack the general manager. Have to sack the man that's been employing these people too, who's called Ted Phillips. So I think the McCaskies have got a massive job um, over the course of the off-season. I think they need to make the decision now because four or five clubs have already got rid of either the head coach or the GM or both. Yeah, so, I saw that my guy at the Lions has gone. Yeah. Everybody now, Vern, in terms of trying to find a successor. So they've got to get on with it if they're going to do it. Yeah. And what about the what about the goats? Tom Brady, how has he been getting on with the books? Fair to middling, not not kicking on like we thought. Yeah, I, I don't know whether 
I mean, if I'm, look, if I'm Bruce Arians, I'm turning around and saying, look, anything you want to do, we're going to do. However you want to play quarterback, that's how we're going to do it. Whatever right. the game plan needs to be, that's what we'll do. Right. And it still seems to be a mixture of what Brady wants to do and what Arians wants to do. Brady's never been a, a slinger down the field, has he? I mean, that's just not... He did it one year when he got Randy Moss. And, I mean, you or I would have thrown it down the field to Randy Moss. Yeah. The rest of the time, it's always been timing, short passes, a lot of passes to the backs, mixing up the run and the pass, you know, tight end over the middle, curl routes for the receivers, Edelman and Welker and people like that. Now... He's trying to throw to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and everything seems to be long. And I just don't think that's Brady, really. Right. So, I don't know. The, the one thing that, that really has stumped me, though, Vern, just on the NFL, is, is, is Carson Wentz dropping off the cliff. You know, I mean, he's now been benched for Jalen Hurts, who's, a, wow. a, you know, to all intents and purposes, a poor man's Lamar Jackson. So he's on the bench, second overall pick. Looked like he was going to be the Eagles quarterback for the next decade or longer. And now he looks like he's completely gone. In, in, I, I, I don't know what's happened. Um, and, I, and I don't know whether he, I mean, he's, he's got a contract that makes it really difficult for them to get rid of him. Um, yeah, because I, 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 read, I saw that it's going to cost them something like 50 million in the first season that he's not at the club and then 28 yeah. million the second season he's not at the club. So you may as well have him on the roster. Yeah. But at the minute, he, I mean, they, they've decided to go in another direction. And I Is that a result of, of Zach Ertz not being as productive as normal? Possibly. Possibly. And, and they've not got a great receiving core, have they? No, they've, they've got a good set of running backs. Yeah. And I, I just look at him as the kind of quarterback that if you're a team like Chicago and you've, you've got Trubisky and Foles, neither of which you actually want, I think you'd take a, a chance on Carson Wentz. I think if you look at Sam Darnold at the Jets, if they end up with a first overall pick and take Trevor Lawrence, I think if, if you're a team like Chicago, you go and take a chance on, on Sam Darnold. So I think it's going to be interesting in the offseason that there might be you know, one or two starting quarterbacks with pedigree or potential who will be out there that, that teams can, can take a look at and maybe have. Are Kansas City still as powerful as they were four weeks ago? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I think at the moment they're starting to separate a little bit from, from everybody else. They're starting to get towards the, the period of time where you, where you want to see the Super Bowl champion kick on. I think they're going to be tough to beat, aren't they? I mean, I, I, what I've got to say, Vern, as well, Crossy's popped into the podcast now and he's showing a gigantic piece of cheese because he still thinks the Packers are going to do OK. Having struggled to a victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars while you were in the jungle, Vern. I like the jungle, the castle. The castle. The castle. He's, he's looking confident, though. Look at him. He is. He's got the cheese head on, which is, which is the best his hair look, his hair's looked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the Dolphins keep winning. So, my 10 win, they've got eight wins. They need two more. And then I, then I, I, can, I can be justified. All those naysayers who said I was stupid, who were right, but they were just wrong on the Dolphins side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, I remember you saying that, you know, uh, you, you had a hunch that the Dolphins would come good. Yeah, yeah. So this week then, you've got the big game, you've got the Leland Lions, you're all set with your team. So we're all looking forward to that. I'll be cheering you on in the playoffs because I'd, like I'd like the fumble head-to-head -head in the semi-final. That'd be good. Oh, that would be mega. That would be tremendous. Like, Are you in the playoff side just out of interest? No? Anyway, carry on. And he, he's not made the playoffs this year. He's disappeared again, look, now. We're talking yeah. playoffs. So Simon's ducked out at that point. 
He's vanished. Yeah. yeah Michael is boy again. He's, he's one of the big favourites to win. He does well every year, though, Michael. He does. He does. He does. Simon, on the other hand, not so. No, it's because he's busy. He hasn't, he hasn't got time to be messing with fantasy football. He's a busy man no. creating all kinds of stuff for the NFL. Well, look, it's been brilliant having you back again. We, we, we missed you while you were away. We didn't do a fumble podcast while you weren't here because it just would not have been the same. We got all these ideas. Well, let's speak to him or let's speak to her. Let's get these people on. No, the fumble is you and it's me. And it's <laughs> it's so we didn't do it. We never touched it. We waited for you to come back and we, we're really pleased to have you back. Well done again. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Well, yeah, once again, uh, Darren, really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone that voted for me in, in the castle in North Wales. It was an amazing experience. It really, really was. Thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so here we go into week 12, is it? No, way longer than that. Is it? 14? 14. Yeah. Ah, week 14. Good grief. That time flies by, doesn't it? Just two weeks left. There is. Well, three. Two games left. Two games left, three weeks left, and then we get into the playoffs. Yeah. All right, nice. Well, Darren, thank you very much, mate. Love that. Brilliant, pal. We'll be speaking next week. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Simon. Appreciate that. As always, this has been a Shooting Shark production. Uh, we'll see how Darren and I get on in fantasy, or how I get on in fantasy, whether we'll meet in, meet in the semis next week. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye.